It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the weekly college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com. Rick Roaring from the Musketeer Report, along with the NKU Radio Network and from the NKU TV Network, Brady Labor. Um, that clipped. We're going to uh, we're we're going to uh, save NKU for just a moment. We'll we'll start with UC. Thank you. And um, yeah, because I know you guys you guys have a lot to say, but not much to say because there's not much to say off of it. I think they burned the tape. Yeah, they they probably should have. Hashtag burn the tape. Um, let's go to the, the UC game though. Um, and I, I guess I bring it on the heels of Memphis. Is it concerning the inconsistency, or is it is it good to see the resiliency? Sure. Okay, right. That's that's probably the right answer. No, that's probably the right answer, right? I mean, look, they the turnover issue they had pretty much solved over the past month. And today it reared its ugly head against a team that wasn't putting a whole lot of pressure on you. They were not. And some of them were just Yeah. What in the world are we doing? What in the world are we right. doing here? Um twenty two of them. And they didn't commit any in overtime. They earned those twenty two uh, no, in the first right. forty minutes. That's right, yeah. Um and then five of sixteen from the free throw line. It was uh, it was a very frustrating afternoon at the Holy Grail, and fortunately, somehow, even without Jaron Cumberland for the final ninety seconds of regulation and overtime, Keith Williams stepped up. Mike Adams Woods is starting to become even more than what he has done so far this year, which has been good. Fourteen points against Memphis, ten points right. against. ECU, he's starting to look for a shot. He's starting to, to do a little bit more in terms of being someone else because I think they've become so reliant on Jaron Cumberland being the guy that can get in the lane. He's the only guy that does anything really with the ball. And now Micah's starting to break down the defense a little more. And then Keith Williams. He was great in the overtime. Uh, so let's let's go to that point. Jaron's out of the game. Somebody has to step up. And game we're, over. We're, we're, I, I, Ninety I, seconds I, I, left. Jaron's out. Game over. Yeah, I didn't think game over only because it's still East Carolina. But going to the overtime, I wouldn't have felt good as a UC fan. I'm not sure I would have felt good as as uh, if I'm John Brandon uh, and the two two TV guys were talking about who's going to step up, and I'm looking around going, boy, I don't know who in this group. Keith is Keith has become a good player, but yeah. was that overtime maybe for him the light bulb of? When I have to, I can do this. I think a little bit, hopefully. Now, not a great level of defense on. And the one was kind of a prayer. for It, it the, was. I mean. It was. But you still he jumped up and made a big shot yeah. with a hand in his face yeah. and the shot clock's going down. Yeah. And then the, the fadeaway on the baseline yeah. was a big time shot. And he got there. Got to where he wanted. Under control, calm, fadeaway. 12-footer from the baseline and, and, and knocked it down easy. Um, I, I think it was a good uh, uh, one. Good for Keith's confidence to say. You can do this, you know, when we need you to. Two, to back to what you said about who was going to do anything, if you go back to that first half against Memphis when Jaron was out with two fouls, it literally was like a practice where you've been told not to shoot. Right. (laughs) Where they're just running offense. And somebody has to shoot. They're just running offense for 30 seconds. And they're they're, they're in the weave. And this guy and over here and down there. And and nobody was looking to take a shot. And that's maybe that was the catalyst for it actually working today. Was John had that on tape to say, look, if he's out of the game, one of you 
bleep bleep bleepity bleepers got to shoot has got to shoot right somebody's got to shoot and i mean they the zach harvey three at the end of regulation which could have been a game winner um if they don't come down and, and bang one right right back at you but that I thought was a, a huge step for him because that was and, and he took rhythm sh- and he took a shot in overtime too. Yeah. He missed it, but he did take a shot in overtime. And a good, I, yeah, I thought it was, it was a, a pretty look. good yeah, shot yeah. from the baseline. But he stepped into that three with twenty five seconds left, like he was like he was a top fifty recruit and, and banged it pretty easily. So there was some, there was definitely, especially the final ninety seconds in overtime with Jaron off the floor. I think there were some things that come out of this uh, that are pretty positive. Um, but boy, the biggest friend. being that they got the win. Yeah, I mean, that's like, the, big, that's the if, biggest. Yeah. If they lose that, they're done in terms of not large, and they have to go win the American Athletic Conference tournament. Yeah, I Period. mean, you would have maybe gotten close if you win out, which would but, include winning at Houston. Yeah, you know, we're not counting on that. I mean, you're just not. Well, they how about how about what the 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 schedulers they did them big favor. They go at Houston on a Sunday, quick turnaround at USF on a Tuesday, one day in between. Right at the end of the season, look. I think I think I'm preparing for USF more than I'm preparing for Houston. <laughs> Might let that Houston. Although they're they're vulnerable, man. Sure, but they they are not the same. But so as you see on the road, though, to yeah. any to anybody. I mean, True. literally to anybody. Yeah. Now, now, how much of it though, from a defensive perspective? I mean, they they rallied back to the eight point lead. They had the first half, whatever eight point lead. Let both of them slip away, and it was almost too easy watching it slip away. It's so weird because for stretches they're they're really good, and that's why they were able to retake the eight point lead, yeah, that, a twenty to four run right. right in the middle of the second half, and then gave it away Gone. in ninety seconds. That's that's what's been frustrating is the consistency on either end of the floor. They're either really good on offense or they're really good on defense, but they're never both at the same time. And that's a little bit maddening with this team. Jaron had the stretch in the second half where he had a couple of assists and hit two threes, but before that, kind of like the Memphis game, really didn't do a whole lot, didn't didn't make shots. Um, it, he didn't take shots oh, in he, this one. Is he wearing down? or is, his, it, is, foot's, is his foot's messed up. Again? I, yeah. And, and, well, I think it's, it's the heel. Um, which has been kind of an ongoing, but I think he re-aggravated about two and a half. Okay, weeks ago. so now if you're John Brandon, you watch today and you watch even Thursday. Go back to uh, Jeremiah Davenport. Kind of came out of nowhere to have a good game, right? How much do you maybe go? Some of these games, I got to take some minutes off of this cat. And I just got to roll with it, and I get why you don't. I do can't right now. I, if they lose a game, right? It, it, like they can't. But, but, right there, now. but there are times he's not helping. He's almost hindering at times. Do you want to see what they look like without him for extended stretches? Saw him for five minutes in the overtime without him. But here's the only thing. When he's in the game, you other have to teams have sure. to defend him, and they change how they play defense because he's in the game. When he's not in the game, it could be really, really difficult. I know they won in overtime today without him, but that's a very limited sample size. I agree. Five you go minutes. 40 minutes without or you know, you go extended stretches over a 40-minute game without him, it's going to be really difficult to score Did at you times. see what happened in the first half when they took him out? Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I, I get in it. A, in a 10-point in a, in a lead, vanished in... 90 seconds, it felt like. Again. Oh, I mean, I mean that, that two-minute stretch or three-minute stretch in the second half, he was the best player in the conference. Yeah. I mean, he, the two threes were great looks. Granted, they gave him great looks, and he, but you got to make them. And he's not shot it great all year. He's 31, what, percent on threes yeah. and less than 40 overall. And then had two really nice assists. I mean, he accounted for literally 10 points in that stretch of that 20-4 20 20, yeah. run that turned the game around. But he just, right, he doesn't look right. I but mean, he just doesn't. But their role players are more dangerous when he's on the court. Yes. And yeah, that's the big key for them. Better. 
significantly. All right, but but if you start getting some stuff from the freshman, you start getting some stuff from uh, Davenport's a freshman, from a Davenport, can you just maybe go a stretch, maybe buy him a minute before a TV timeout? That's and what a they've been doing. He's, he's getting... But, but start adding those up, and instead of playing 35, he's playing 29. I don't think you're going to see him drop that much. Okay. I, I mean, I think you're right. You try to buy, you know, anytime you're coming up on the, the media timeout, and it's, you know... 1640 left in the half or whatever. Yeah, you probably try to get him the blow right there at the dead ball when you can so he gets a little extended break at the media timeout. Things like that. I'm sure they'll be as creative as possible, but I don't think you can significantly reduce his minutes in any fashion. Well, I mean, you it's not that he's riding the hot hand, but he's your horse. No, he is. And unfortunately, for better or for worse, what, a 75% Jaron Cumberland is probably better than 100% Insert name no, of whoever. Both of their points but too. I totally get your point, yeah. Skinny. But in February, a sixteen percent Jaron Cumberland is better than Chris <laughs> McNeil. Well, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm getting at is, is it's too late in the season for them to take risk like that. It, it, it probably is. Now, look, if they if, let's say they 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 could erase t- reverse time and they had the Bowling Green win and they had the right. Colgate win, right? Then now you, you've yeah, got yeah. if they I mean, had wiggle room, sure. Look, and I guess they, I, I get they have the wiggle room. I'm just trying to think of this in terms of all right. I saw some things today where I might be able to buy him another few minutes because I saw some guys step up I without mean, just, him. Maybe no, uh, it yeah. was ECU. No, it's ECU, and it's such a limited sample size. At the end of a, you know an overtime game yeah. that was already sloppy. All can, right. can we can we talk about Trey Scott though? Yes, it's turned out this is more remarkable what he's doing at the end of his senior season. The two games prior to today, 50 points, right. 30, 32, 33 rebounds, and then comes back, goes 14 and 12 today. Does a really good job shutting down Jaden Gardner. He's going to get his, but he, he had to go 7 of 20 from the floor to get to his 15 yeah, points. Yeah, I mean, if you want to give a guy 20 shots, that's fine. He gets yeah 15, that's perfect. I mean, what we've seen from Trey at the end of his senior season – you have to tip your cap. I mean, it's, well, it's the unbelievable. Sho- and the shocking thing is that he's, hitting threes. He's, he's made some shots, and he's been really efficient on the offensive end, just regardless. He's not missing many shots, period. Right, so maybe how can, could you play through him a little bit more? Again, I think he, he's, he's getting he what he's – because everybody – He doesn't do Jared. what he does without Jaron on the Oh, I mean, Jaron on the one – the, the one, in fact, one of the two assists was that little curl play where he came down the yeah. off the top of the key and, and caught it and turned and dunked it, and it was a great feed, but he made a nice – Cut on top of it. It was yeah. a good screen too. I mean, all the things that you need to to have something like that. No, I, I'm look. I've, I've been impressed with him uh, for sure. All right, I want to talk about officiating, and I hate to do it, but at the end of regulation, no, you don't. You okay, don't, I hate don't hate to do it. Right. I don't hate I'm going to do it at the end. I, yeah, but not on this topic. On something else. You're going to talk more about officiating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we hate to do it. All right, Keith Williams at the on the last play of regulation goes up. Guy jumps not straight up. He jumps to try to block the shot, and you can clearly see he's coming towards the player, and he left his feet first, I believe. Yeah. How is it not a foul? I'm tired of this. I'm tired, I'm tired of this. Go End back to the game. Memphis game. Right. On the dunk, right. No, right. tied at 71. Right. right. Precious Achua fouled him he clearly. Did. Yes. No call. So how do we change this? I don't know. The officiating's bad. 
Darren Cumberland, like he, he's got to be the most gun shy person in the world to even think about driving yeah, the, to the, the rim. The fourth foul was absurd. The one on the baseline, where he, he the one in transition, I can give you that as a charge. The other one where he came down the baseline was a no call. Um, I mean, he just makes a move. Guy bodies him up. Guy goes backwards, and you know me, I'm a big charge guy, as you know, Rick. I love the, I love me you some charge. Love the charge. I love me some charge, but but now everybody in the league has gotten the memo, and all they're doing is just falling down when yeah, Darren and, gets and, close. And look, and you get one one or two blocks, that's fine, but you get one or two calls against. Suddenly, you get the best player off the floor. Well, he had three three charges. Three charges. Tonight. That's right. The problem is, it seems like the refs have the same same scouting report that all the teams did coming yeah. into this year. That they're looking for. You him. know, he's going to kind of bully his way to the rim, and you know, he's going to rely on that spin move and kind of be a, not necessarily out of control. But just you know, he goes hard when he does it, and big human. And if you get in front of him and fall down, it seems like the refs are anticipating the call, and you know, players are expecting it, so they're they're trying to make that happen, and they're baiting refs into a lot of calls. Yeah, like I said, I I I, I can give you the third one, the 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 transition one. One of his three. The fourth one was was just ridiculous, just absolutely ridiculous. And the swallowing whistles at the end of games. If it's a foul in minute one, it's a foul in minute forty. I mean, it just is. Just call it like you called it in the first minute of the game. But, but players have to decide the games, which when you foul, that's you decided. You decided. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You decided. And look, with the stakes are high, and I know referees don't get how the stakes are high for UC. You're just calling a game, and that's all you know. You don't know where teams probably stand and what the game means for them. Right, maybe you do. Um, I mean, that that could have cost UC a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. That yeah. call or that non-call. I mean, goodness gracious, enough. Enough. I just go back to Thursday and the win over Memphis. And I just got a simple question. How? No How in the hell did they come back? Know. No idea. I don't either. No idea. Makes no sense. Well, they got stops. I mean, ultimately, that's what it came down to. Yeah, I was. They I, got a couple stops. I was coming back from, from uh, practice, basketball, basketball practice that night, and I had a couple errands to run, and I kept listening. You, did those errands involve you, beer? They did. One of them did. That kind of helped the errands go faster or go better. I shouldn't say fast. They, the, the, the errands went better. I don't think that's how you're supposed to do errands. It's not, but, but that's how the, but the, errands, the errands went better. And when you listen to a game, you, you, know, you always feel like you can tell that a team's either in it or out of it, or here comes the run, and it never felt like UC was ever going to make that run. It just no. never felt like it. So I'm going to go back to how. I don't know. I, okay. I, I legitimately, I wish there was something, like, I wish it was, like, Trey Scott, of course, was phenomenal. Yes. 25 and 19. I mean, that's that's the game of your career, if you're Trey Scott. And getting a chew out didn't hurt, but that was after the how happened. The how yeah. happened of coming back to force the and extra And making period. the two free throws to, to send it to overtime was, was big time, especially the way these teams shot free throws of late. But um, I think they need to. Shoot them when they're tired. Of yeah, practice. we're we're gonna have to work on that. John Brandon must not. He, he must. He doesn't not talk well, to Chris Mack. Probably he's well. a first year head coach. Yeah, right. And, and someone has improved Chris Vote to a fifty percent free throw shooter. That's true. That's uh, a they, huge they, percentile. They, they when he was tired. shooting twenty eight percent at Northern that, Kentucky. That's true. It's still a funky looking shot. Today, I think they didn't. They never made both. That's incredible. In a in a trip, and they they missed the front end of all their one on ones, and they never made the the back end of a, a three point play. And meanwhile, Emmanuel quickly of Kentucky just had his first game where he actually missed more than one free throw in a game. That's that's a, it's a little bit of a difference. Um, as to how, like I I genuinely don't know how they beat Memphis. I mean, I, you can get analysis like that at BearcatJournal.com. Thirty percent off and I know that's one dollar for your first month. Well I, worth I, the that, money. That's why I asked it the way I asked it because I don't know how. Like there was no like defining like this is how they did it or like yeah, this three, guy got three, high. Three live ball turnovers that led to dunks in a row. And right, a guy jacking in a three. It just. It almost felt methodical yeah. when it really wasn't time to be methodical. It's because Penny Hardaway is cursed in that building. 
He is. Maybe there's that. That's it. That I like that's that. That's a legitimate point. I like point. that actually. That's, that's actually that's a legitimate that's point. Pretty good. <laughs> Two and nine career. Yeah. As player when, coach, when seeing the red and black, that's it funny. Ain't just in that building. No, that's right. Yeah. It, it's beating, wherever. Beating four times one year. Well, and th- we were jo- we were talking about that Thursday. They didn't just beat him four times that one year. It went the exact opposite way that you would think when you play somebody four times. Where the games get closer and closer. Right, they got farther and farther. Farther and farther right. to the point they beat them by 35 in the NCAA tournament. in the NCAA right. tournament after beating them by 20-plus in the Conference USA tournament. I mean, was some of this on Penny? Was some of this on his team? No, I thought he did, like, I okay. thought he did so awesome. I if, you, if you think about it, they UC planned for them on the road. Memphis has played really fast. They've been really careless. I think they were top 15 in the country in tempo on the road. They they slowed it down. They they ran basically the burn offense and go through Ochua in the and, end. And and they did not let Cincinnati get a bunch of live ball turnovers. They really frustrated John's game plan because I think John planned on turning up the heat on them and and making it an up and down game. And then second half out of nowhere, Penny goes box and one. And John talked about it post game. There's not really an offense you can run on a box and one defense because of the way they're just kind of sitting there waiting on you. And, and they went box and one on Jaron. Yeah, you can make shots. I mean, that's the way you can do that. Right. You can make shots. But if you're not making shots. That's yeah. why Cincinnati really struggled throughout most of the second half. I thought Penny coached a great game. I, to your point, I've been amazingly surprised how good of a college coach that Penny Hardaway has become. I just thought he'd be some high school AAU guy resting on the loyals of being a great NBA player. That dude knows what he's doing, and he implies you know NBA tactics in his practices and his game plans and his shoot-arounds. And, of course, he's got great talent. I mean, but that's adding up. And those guys, if he keeps getting dudes and you know they can actually play for him. And think about this. not They are – the youngest team in the country. They are the least experienced team in America. They're top 10 in the country in defense. To get those guys that young to play defense, like yeah, no, he's got them yeah. playing defense, I think he's actually, and this surprised me because I wasn't, I'm like you, I wasn't sure how Penny was going to be as a coach. I've been really, really impressed the more and more I watch him coach. And they lost today, though, at UConn another, and probably, play, probably played their way. Not, not, even to the, not even to the bubble. They are probably going to probably have to win the American. Yeah, exactly. All right, this week for UC, they got UCF and Wichita State. Um, I always feel good about them at home, even though yeah. the Memphis game was a grind. And then it's the, the Houston games we talked about um, they for, need for to UC get, and at South Florida. They both. need to get through these two and get that week off. Yeah, and just be ready for the yeah. Houston South USF. I think you got bracket matrix up, Rick, and I looked at it earlier today, and this was Probably before the East Carolina game. I don't even know if it's been updated. Next four, like they're the first four buys basically right now. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're the were last 11, 11 seats. They're the last 11 right seats. So that, that's a little, there's a little wiggle room there. And it's funny when you start looking at the next four out, I think Minnesota is number two on the next four out. They lost again today. If well, that's the, the beauty of where Cincinnati's at. They're getting help. They're getting help because teams on the bubble stink. Right. Teams are playing Cincinnati in. Right now. Yeah. yeah, Bama got a nice win over LSU, um, and I think they were in that next four-out group, but I think they were the fourth of the next four. They'll probably elevate themselves yeah, in they, theory. They were in the next four-out. Uh, Minnesota was the second Se- team in the team, first, first four-out. Four out. Okay, yeah. who's the first team? Uh, Utah State, Minnesota, VCU, and North Carolina North State. North Carolina State was in that group. Out. So, yeah, so, I mean, so UC's given itself – Again, today would have just been would have been almost a, not a death well a death knell for an at large bid, but you know they would have had to have won out including and gone us, to right. the finals of the tournament. Yes, that's probably that's probably if they lost today because it would have been their fourth 
quad three or four loss. Yeah, I man, I just I find a hard time seeing them get an at large bid if they lose that game. Yeah, I'm with to you. be honest with you, they, but it would have been like razor. They would have had to have done everything else and then gotten help. and gotten help. Yeah. Now I think you know you don't want to lose UCF, South Florida, or Temple, obviously, but I think obviously if you win the other games that you have left, the other four, if you lose one of those games, I think you could survive it. And they're, I mean, we're assuming they're going to lose to Houston. Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, I mean, but if you lose... I don't know. What do you think? If you lose to South Florida or UCF, don't you think you need that Houston win? Probably. But unless, like you talk about, unless you start looking around the teams below you, I mean, like Indiana today needed a big win, doesn't get a big win. I mean, it feels like everybody that needs to get a big win doesn't yeah. get but, that But big assuming big... wins and losses in this season is pretty no, tough you're right. thing to do. And, you're the, right. and the Big Ten, the difference they have is their losses are all going to be top 70 teams in the net. So, like, that 128, adding it to yes. the other... You know, losses UC has had that, you know, like the the Bowling Green, the Colgate. Now you they, add a third loss to like feel that. feel comfortable they're going to have to go 4-1 and one with yes. the loss. I, I mean, Houston, Houston. Yeah. or Wichita State. You could lose that one if you win at Houston, obviously, yeah. and feel fine. Yeah. Right, let's move to Xavier. They don't play till uh, Monday night um, against St. John's. Um, we saw over the weekend Butler losing at, at home to Georgetown, a bit of a surprise. Nova out of league on Sunday went or well, played Temple in, in Philadelphia. I never say went. I guess it is a road game, but not technically a road game, um, and, and won. Uh, Xavier right now is comfortably in. They are, what, the second 10 seed. I don't know if that's comfortable or not. But I think when you and I talked on the, on the, the regular podcast during the week, it was just – just take care of the business you need to take care of. and But this kind of factors into this take care of business, this game itself, even though it's on the road at St. John's. Yeah, no, this is one they have to have. Yeah. Well, I mean, mainly because it's the easiest win they have left. If you don't get this one, then the prospect of, you know, going over 500 against Villanova, DePaul, Georgetown, Providence, and Butler doesn't feel great. The Butler loss, did that change your mind at all about how this team was trending, or is it just that's – they're always a tough matchup. It's it it is there, and I know you can look and go. Well, hell, Georgetown just went there after that and won, and actually won pretty handily. I mean, they they really kind of took care of business down the stretch of that game after it was tied at forty seven all. Does it change your mind at all? No, not at all. I mean, this is who Xavier is right there. They're first of all, they're not better than Butler at Butler this year. I mean, that's pretty clear. So if you looked at like the the metrics, Ken Palm, for instance, I think had like sixty seven sixty. Yeah, it was sixty six sixty one. Like I mean. Th- this was a really predictable Somebody game. made a big three for some people is all I know. <laughs> yeah, yes, Najee Marshall <laughs> threw a, a very important three in at the end of that game. But the, the, in terms of like them being inconsistent, they are in terms of how they play offensively, but they're consistent in that aspect, right? Like they're just limited offensively. They're not going to shoot right. very well. They will turn the ball over too much. They will waste too many possessions. And when they go on the road and play a better team, that tends to happen more often than it does if they're at home against a team they can beat. So I think fans get too wrapped up in the, oh, they're so inconsistent. We don't know what to expect. It's like, well, no, they're just not as good as Butler. And so their deficiencies on offense tend to show up more in that game than they do at home against Providence. But they're better than St. John's. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're a better yeah. team than St. Right. John's, but on the road, I mean, no, I Xavier know. can lose to anyone. In fact, Ken Palm has this as a loss. So um, in, the, in the Big East this year, you know, St. John's is the worst team in the conference, or DePaul is, I guess, technically now, yes. and they're at 80. St. John's at 77. So, I mean, everyone is a a reasonable team this year. and No one's a pushover. I think we just popped NC State's bubble, by the way. Did they lose? To Boston College. Yeah, that's not a good loss. See ya. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. Every team that feels like it's like 
Who who wants in? Does everyone in? And they just lost to thirteen and thirteen Boston College. Yeah, you can't do with that. their NCAA tournament life in the North Carolina is now back on the bubble. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> they can fight their way back there. Um, it's not their year for sure. So so for Xavier, then again, just if you can take care of business, we've we felt pretty good. As again, basically the way this is playing itself out. I mean, hell, the rate it's going, you you get Nova at home, you get Butler at home, you you maybe lose one more the rest of the week. You might play yourself up to the nine line, for goodness sakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's insane to think about. They still have a lot of upward mobility because you've got the game against Villanova at home. You have the game against Butler at home. Both of those would be big, big wins in terms of your resume. And, I mean, really everyone, Georgetown on the road, Providence on the road, are both going to be quadrant one games as things currently stand. Mm -hmm. Now, they could potentially slip out. But, I mean, all these games are pretty much quad one wins for Xavier or have the potential to be if they can if they can seal them up. Yep. All right. I, I, we'll get to Kentucky after this, but but we'll get to NKU because they played today, and I got to ask Brady Labor the voice on TV. You have a pained and, look and, on your and, face and, and right Rick, now, Skinny. Not Rick, as much as mine. And Rick, Rick Boring, the <laughs> radio analyst. So I'm looking forward to some good analysis of this. WTF. It wasn't good. <laughs> did, did you just pull a WTF? I did. I, I, I you did. did. I liked that. It yeah. was like uh, it made you feel young exactly. and hip on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. I, and I'll have to say because of it, lol. LOL, yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> SMDH. I mean, all, let's yeah. throw them all out. Let's throw them all out there. At first, I thought that was going a different direction. <laughs> it could have. It could have. I mean, what, I, I, when I first looked at the score today, I saw 38 to 12, and I shook my head, and I didn't have my glasses, and I went... It's got to be 42-38, right? Nope. No, it's 38-12. I caught it at 48-13. Oh, you caught even a better time than, than I did. I caught it at a, They went on a 5-0 run to get to 18 at the half. That's, that's huge. And then made the a second start half, the second big, half, right? Big scoring outburst in the second <laughs> half. Right. What, 23, 25? Yeah. yeah. It was um, a 33-6 run by UIC in that first half. And the what? first the first matchup was the 30 nothing run by NKU. Is that correct? Yeah, they almost that's, paid them back. Was it, I, I think like 25-1 to at one point during that yeah. run today. So, I mean, they... They but then it continued close. to get to thirty three to six. Okay, was that part of your analysis during the game? In game, did you did you note that? <laughs> no, I just said what Skinny did. What, WTF? WTF? <laughs> um, you have more FCC regulations than I have, though. A few more, yeah. A few more, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wouldn't be concerned because occasionally you just have a game, right? Everybody, and I mean, Kentucky has their Evansville. UC has their Colgate. Although I think Colgate's actually pretty good, but still, UC has their Colgate at home. You have that game, right? And you just shake it off. But it comes on the heels of falling behind by double digits on Friday. They did rally back and win by 14. But is there concern now that these last two games just didn't have a lot of good moments? Well, they're not slam dunks. That's for sure. And they sure look like they were going to be. Well, for sure the Cleveland State one was. Uh, Youngstown State, that's a tough place to play, and they're not a bad team. And really, UIC's not a bad team either. No, I know. You clearly talk about their talent level. Right. uh, Three 1,000-point scorers. And and Tarkus Ferguson's probably the best all-around player as far as do-everything kind of guy in the league, him or Jalen Tate. But it's a pattern. It's part of the other team's scouting report is just – Punch these guys in the face and see if they wilt or not. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Today was a day that they wilted. At Wright State was a day that they wilted. At home against Green Bay, a day that they wilted. You know, it's a coin flip each day. And I get it, and I know injuries shouldn't be an excuse, but they are. They're not excuses, they're reasons. Dantez Walton had no business playing today, but he toughed it up, and he played terribly and, on and, one and, leg. And Friday, that was a factor, right? I mean, Correct. He didn't play right, Friday. Right. Yeah. Correct. He did not play at all on Friday and shouldn't have played today. And Tyler Sharp badly twisted his ankle Friday night. 
with 12 seconds left to go, shooting a meaningless shot where most times a coach says, put it on your hip. Yeah. And instead, they guarded him, and he decided to shoot a three. He went for the cover. Well, he's I also, like it. And and it happens. And he's also dealing with strep throat and clearly and ill. He is, he game, is yeah. ill also. Perfect storm. Those aren't excuses. They're reasons. They're only excuses when you let it be an excuse. Right. But what is it, what it has exposed is what Darren Horn had warned us all back in October and November is this team isn't deep. They got a bunch of dudes on the end of their bench that really at the end of the day he's been able to trust minimal amount of times, but throughout the course of the season, he can't trust them at all. Right. How much of this I'll ask both of y'all start with you. How much of this is though like Friday, Dantez Walton doesn't play, and it feels like you get your guys back for a week or two, and then you lose oh. a guy, and now you have to swing back around, and you're playing with a guy with a with a bum ankle and stuff that you can never. You haven't to this point because we thought you even said for a lot of teams, and you're right. February becomes the dog days. It is just get us to March, and when March comes, the conference tournament is at the end of the horizon. The NCAA tournament's at the end of the horizon. People get re-energized. You see teams all the time. How do they lose this game in February? Because it's February for NKU. You made a point. I think it was a good one of. All right, you got a bunch of guys that are back, and finally you have your team, and it's kind of a fresh approach, and yet they still haven't been able to get that ball rolling to I mean, maybe for a week, maybe two, but not for much more than that. No, and that's the biggest thing is I feel like they still haven't gotten to that point yet where they feel comfortable. They feel like they've had their 100% of their team ready to go. It's been four games. Four games total this year that, that the, the most, starting five yeah. has been the starting five. And th- I mean that's just not enough time to build chemistry, right. feel comfortable with each other, and everyone's like, oh, n- they never get everyone playing well at the same time. It's like, well, one, most teams don't have that happen in the country. And two, how could they? Like, these guys are all in and out of the lineup. I mean, and mainly it's been two guys. It's been Dantez and Jalen. But Tyler has had some issues throughout the year that he's kind of toughed his way through. Um, Today certainly be one of those times. Friday being one of those times while he was dealing with the illness still. So I think the biggest thing for them is getting healthy. Like, there's still a lot of upside for this team. No doubt. And they're already clearly the second best team in the conference. You're running out of season, Absolutely. That's the problem. You're going to run out of time. They they are, but at the same time, they're already the second best team in the conference. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're waiting for them to make a jump up and be competitive. They're not going to be the first place team. No, so they're, they're, they're very clearly the second best team in the conference. They have a two game lead but over, th- over third. Wright State does, yeah. Yes. No, no, I oh, mean, NKU, NKU over third. It's either, I, I can look at Yeah, it I think two. it is two now. I think it was, I thought it was three going into today and it's two or maybe I'm I believe wrong. it, it is two. two. But, but uh, yeah. still, there's still the got, minimum a game You've got two teams in, in tied for third, which would be Youngstown, Youngstown, Green Bay, uh, UIC UIC's now a ha- there, yeah. uh, half game behind them. Yeah, NKU's eleven and four in conference. Green Bay and Youngstown State are both eight and six. Okay, so yeah, two game lead in the loss column. So you're still comfortably there as long as you t- take care of the business that you need to take care of for um, sure. But with that said, it's not going to be as easy as everybody. Everybody wants to automatically look down to that right state no game at the end of the season, but they got two tough ones, and all road games are hard. Skinny. I don't care if you're yep. playing a winless team. No doubt. But I will say, I think. A lot of this is about matchups, too. And but like, you like the UIC matchup, though. Well, I liked how they smacked them the first time, right. and I said I couldn't get out of my mind. Like, I couldn't reconcile okay. UIC still being a good team with I watched a 30 year run one, over right. 11 minutes right. from NKU. It's like hard for me to believe that team's going to be able to beat them. Today, we saw two completely different teams, obviously. And the thing about UIC is they have a lot of talent. They have a lot more athleticism, both in the backcourt and at the rim than NKU does. So, like, they are a team that can give NKU problems. Cleveland State and Youngstown State, to me, I felt like NKU matched up 
really well with both of those teams. They're big enough and tough enough inside and athletic enough inside to not get bullied against either one of those teams around the rim. And at the same time, their zone seemed to give their top scorers a lot of issues. So I feel good about those two games. But at the same time, you just you want to see this team play better for their own confidence. Yeah, at this you don't point. want to see them back into anything at this point, and that's kind of what they've put themselves in a position to do. I agree. Cleveland State. I mean, if you back into the NCAA tournament, you take it. Well, that's true, <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah. as a mid major, you can't do that. Yeah, say, mid major, you can't. You have no chance. Well, um, that really. What happened a couple years ago? The one seed loses. The two seed loses. The three seed loses. Sure. Well, the problem is they're going to be the two seed. Yeah. So the two seed can't lose. <laughs> right. They, they're in that spot that where they're supposed to be protected, yeah. and no one can protect them from themselves. That's why I was really surprised the Horizon League went back to that format because it backfired. I, like I do like the format. I do too, but it backfired on them three or four straight years. Yeah, I, I don't know about the double buy. That always, to me, it seems like sort of a double-edged sword there. But I do love the getting to play the home games. Um, if you're a two or yes. three, or I mean a three, three or four, three or four. Um, I I really like that rule, and it's really tough for Northern Kentucky to fall into a three seed at this point with three games left. But you'd be playing bad if you were. You would be playing you're bad. Feeling, you're not because very good. I always secretly wanted to be that three or four seed because and keep playing. They would. I just feel like they have as a Division One history, even dating back to John for whatever reason, with a whole week to prepare with. With the light shining on you, they haven't always played well, and sometimes that stage is too big, and and hopefully someday for this program, it won't be that way, but today, right now, until proven differently, it is. All right, let's uh, finish on a note before we get to final thoughts on Kentucky. Um, Two for 22 at home on threes and still found a way to win. I guess that's the positive. The negative is, if you look at the last two games, the down by 10 at Vandy in the second half. Did you see the the stat that the – the clown with the radio show in Louisville had. I did not. It is the worst. The clown with the radio, the radio show in Louisville. Okay. I thought he was in Lexington, or does no. he go back and forth? No, no, he's in he's in Louisville. Are we talking about Matt Jones? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. he goes back and forth. He goes back and forth. Yeah, yes. but he, he lives has, in Louisville. Well, he has two homes now. Oh, yeah. He has one in Lexington, one in Louisville. That Uh-oh. just proves what you know. They are. Hi, Dan Dockich. <laughs> <laughs> they are. It is. It is the worst season Kentucky has ever had shooting the three at home. And the best season Kentucky has had shooting the three on the road. Yeah, that depth perception erupt, man. That just that, that gets everybody. It's, it's it's too quiet. It's well, too it's quiet. the blue hair around the sidelines. I will say, and the bedazzled that, that clothes game didn't have a lot of energy to it. Did you watch by chance? Yeah, it, I it, had it, on. it did not have a lot of energy to it. And some of that was Kentucky didn't provide a lot of energy either. So my take on this game, actually, I know UK fans are up in arms, and this team drives them nuts again, and everything else. But to me, I looked at that win as. That's a heck of a that shows that's you a sign of a good team. You were 22 at a, uh, shooting threes and one. Couldn't make a shot, didn't play well at all, lacked energy and yet you Ex- were mature enough to handle your business. Nick Richards was good enough to lead you over an SEC team. Mississippi isn't good, but they're a top 100. And you got some dudes team. Can, they, yeah, they do. They're talented. And, and you got a little lucky that a kid took a terrible shot for for Ole Miss with with the game on the line. It was just a horrible contested shot that you can tell his head coach was like what what in fact you can see in your mouth what are you doing? Here, here here's the exact number from uh, the Twitter account Big Blue History. All right. I like it. Kentucky this season has shot 24.4% from three-point range at home That's versus crazy. SEC opponents. That's crazy. And 43.4% on the road against SEC opponents. Yeah, that, that, that to me is nutty. That's a 20%. What? Yeah. No, that's 20% a, that, better 
on the road than at home in SEC play? They need to start banging more trash cans at Rupp Arena. Well, everybody <laughs> seems to think that the re- they don't do shoot-arounds at Rupp Arena. They don't practice at Rupp Arena. They do everything at the Joe Craft Center. And does that. I think everybody Right. Does, does everybody that do that? Is that? Well, that's what my point was. Is that an issue or not? I don't. I, I'll and tell I, you this: If I was shooting that poorly at home, I'd sure as hell change it up and start bigger, some, bigger, some, bigger something else. Yeah, out. I'd definitely consider trying. And the it, thing is, trying to change it. Most of the looks were good looks. I mean, they weren't yeah. just jacking up threes to jack up. They almost played a bunch of zone, but they were pretty good looks against that zone of threes. It wasn't suddenly shot clocks winding down, got to heave one three. Well, and let's be honest. I mean. Emmanuel quickly is where a lot of their threes need to come from, and right. he was one for eight. So yeah. if you, you get that type of night out of him, you're going to have our time. And then to go with it, you get 0 for 5 out of Maxi, 0 for 5 out of Higgins, who neither one of them are great shooters, but occasionally Maxi can give you yeah. some shots, and, and he didn't on this night. So when you have all three of those backcourt players bricking the entire game, yeah, you're going to really No, I struggle. go back to, I mean, whether it's home or road, you go 2 for 22 on threes in today's day and age, you're not supposed to win that game. You're, no. you're just not. But they limited their turnovers. They did a good enough job defensively. Quickly, they went make, to the, quickly made a couple big free throws at the end, which he's really good at. And they went to their bread and butter when they needed to. Yep. They, Nick Richards dominated for like a six-minute stretch there in the second half when they needed him to. Yep. All right, next up for Kentucky is at LSU. They're not playing great, and again, maybe that's a good thing. They can go to LSU and shoot the lights out because LSU doesn't defend very well. They're they're a very good offensive team, but defensively, they're not the best. Hey, defense doesn't doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> Apparently not. Hey, Shaquille O'Neal's son Sharif that's must right. have got a strong ass offer. He did. He's going there, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, how about that? Very nice. All American right. gangster. We'll re- we'll wait. He's your guy. I love him. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't care. He, he does just, not care. He, he does doesn't care. have to care. He doesn't have to care. He. I mean, that response to the NCAA is maybe my favorite of all time last year. Just epic. Yep. Just I'm. I'm to hell with y'all. I'm going to keep coaching. Actually. Yep. yep. I'm not leaving. LSU can't even fire me. I'm just going to keep coaching. Actually. In yeah, fact, I'll, I'll get my AD fired for trying to suspend me. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's well played. Just an epic move. Well played. All right. Final thoughts. I'll start with Brady Labor first because I got. I got to go in from Chad. Well, I mean, I don't want to give the kiss of death to any local team. But uh, the Thomas More Saints, man, they like went it. from that's a hell of a take. Division three to, to NAIA, NAIA, which is a big step because Division they, three is non scholarship. Correct, NAIA is scholarship. I don't know if they, and if Thomas More, you know this better than I do. I don't know if they're fully funded NAIA. Are they? I think they will be after a probationary okay, period. Not. And so you're going against Georgetown, which is getting oh, D1 yeah. drop downs. You're going against Pikeville, which is getting D1 drop downs. And they've they got, got a dudes. ton of D3 guys left. They had some Division yep. two guys transfer in. Their their freshman class is kind of light. Uh, the only really one that has made an impact is, is Reed Jolly, Jolly out of Campbell County, and he's their best player. Yep. Um, but what they've done after an embarrassing loss, a bye game, Okay, they paid a team a thousand dollars to come down here. I, I'm going to cut yes. you off for a second. Oh yeah, Thomas Moore can't have bye games. There's no way. Well, there's there's they paid him a thousand bucks. A thousand dollars in six Jets pizzas. What a, what a bargain! I'm Maybe with, it was twelve. Maybe it was twelve Jets pizzas. I'm with Skinny on that, but I also have to question: Does a thousand dollars even pay for the chartered bus ride? Down? I don't even know who's the no, bye no, game because they, I, I no, because they traveled in vans. Who was the bye game? Uh, UNOH, University of Northwestern oh. Ohio. That's the old diesel mechanic school in Lima that has the green turf field. They've got a lot of resources. Is that anywhere near Funky Gold Medina? Yeah. It probably is. Yeah. It probably I, is, actually. They've got a lot of resources there because they're like they a do. big automotive school. They do yeah, a lot diesel of like mechanics. And stuff. Yeah. Diesel mechanics, and they provide. Well, they, they don't need the $1,000. Yeah, well, they, they, they brought their own crew. Well, like, they got the $1,000, but that wasn't even my point. But yes, well, I know, I an embarrassing that, loss. And yes, and the this answer is, is you're still it, is <laughs> it is funny. It is funny. But after that, 
they go and rack off four straight, including Georgetown, ranked wins, including them one team in the nation. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. And uh, I like the shout out. It's a good shout out. We and I would them. hope that I didn't just jinx them because that's kind of I think what you guys do here. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we but Justin Ray ha- has done a fantastic job mm-hmm. at starting it up, and Jeff Hands on the women's side as well. Uh, but just that particular instance where I mean it was embarrassing. I mean. You lost to the diesel mechanics. I'm sure that I well, hey, listen. They're good. Dude. They're they got good. a lot of Just, resources. Justin joked to me, he said, Listen, if I lose this game, they should fire me. And they did. And that and don't he was down. Don't speak yeah, 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 I was gonna say that's hard ball you just, move, right? And you just hide your head and go, How did we lose that game? Rookie mistake. But he realized, wow, those guys are good players too. Our guys didn't come to play. He has some injury issues as well. But then they figured out how to circle the troops. They got a game-winning shot by Reed Jolly against Pikeville, yep. and have been on a roll ever since, man. And and uh, you know, I, small college basketball, especially in the NAIA, is pretty exciting. You know, it is. I, I in in Mid South Conference, that, that conference is boy. Really good. You better strap it up yeah, because no, you talk about officiating. They don't call much. Well, like I told they you, let I the said, men decide the game. There are a lot of D one drop downs. There are a lot of D one drop downs for sure. I, I hope they enjoy those Jets pizzas going back to Lima. In the spirit I, actually, of Marcos. Actually, as Marcos. a guy who knows about Thomas Morris, it was probably Jimmy John's. Okay, Jimmy John's. That's yeah. good. That's Jimmy good. John's is a sponsor. I like that. In That's the spirit good. of all we've got going on in the political world, I'd like to handle this sort of like one of those congressional hearings. So I'd like to cede my time back to the senator from Thomas More <laughs> and talk <laughs> and talk more about the buy game that I, happens. I think and it's, I, I, I think it's fabulous. That's wild. Like, I, I, yeah. You honestly just... Opened my eyes up to a whole world that I never even thought about. You never thought that. I mean, look. Well, no, because NKU's not playing by games, right? Not in the middle of the conference season. Well, sure, well certainly te- not that, but do Texas, Texas Southern. Is that even a buy game for NKU probably, or is that a contract? I mean, Russia? If you're not going back there, it's Texas a Southern is a, is a school that does a lot of buy games. That's how they, they fund yeah, their they athletic department. That, that probably a was a buy game. Yeah. I, and Midway. I'm sure all those embarrassing, you know, opponents that Russia, you saw. Uh, yeah, yeah Russia Bre- Midway. Russia was a couple years ago Midway they, this they year. They got Corn's wings, uh, I understand, going back. Yeah, you see Claremont is another one. You see Claremont. Yeah. But, but Thomas Moore, but for the record, Thomas Moore did a home-and-home with UC Claremont, by the way. Okay. no doubt. I'm with Skinny, though. Thomas Moore can't have buy games. That's the should be a rule. Not anymore. Not but after that. They shouldn't be allowed. And also, $1,000 is just almost insulting. Like, that literally can't even pay for that the paid, travel that down. That paid for the volunteer assistant who's also a, teaches mechanically. He teaches Pistons 101. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In all seriousness, when we were out on the road constantly for AAU stuff, I met an assistant coach at UNOH. His name was Chris something or other. I, I, like, and he was he stuck with you. Obviously, occasionally stuck with about you. Northern Kentucky kids because like they're somewhat local. And... He would be at like EYBL events, and I'm like, "Why are you here? Like, what are you doing? I, no one is yeah, going to your yeah, level just, from this, hardly, except for the eighth kid on the bench. You need to be at the Eddie Ford that nobody goes right, to anymore, right? And he was just like, I mean, we just got a lot of money, man. They can send me wherever, so I get all the big tournaments too. So why do they need a thousand bucks to pay for this, the gas and the three vans they all loaded in? Apparently, this is how they do it, man. I like it. <laughs> This is this is crazy. The entire December for what is it? Was it was it UN, University of Northwestern Ohio? It, they they if their initials, if you look at they got it, by games is or Uno is Uno. Uno. So Bellarmine, they said, they, "Oh no, we're in the H to the O, so that we can have UNOH and people don't call us." Did Uno. they make a Bellarmine NK or Bellarmine Thomas More triple on the way? Is that kind of the, what they do? And I bet if they were in, if it was October or November, they would. That is crazy to me. That a, is crazy. A bye game. I like, you see, I like you seeing your time back. Do you have any final, final thought? That was it. That's okay. all. I learned that today, and that has shook my world. I think maybe <laughs> the rest of the year I'll come in with new NAIA facts that I'll I like try it. to 
ascertained from him at Dickman's. Yeah, here you go. Very well, I only know about one conference, and I'm when, just now learning about him. Who taught you the word ascertain? Dan on the Xavier podcast. Okay. He has a thesaurus. Yeah, okay. he, he literally probably thumbs right through it. Did I use that right? Yeah, yeah, you, you did. did. Okay. You did. I thought that's that. No, that's what I was impressed you with. You nailed. Put, you nailed the pronunciation and the correct usage. Yeah, I mean that was really good. I'm gonna find guess you, find I, something out for certain. Make sure of. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm get what now you looked. I was gonna say, I'm guessing you can't spell it, but that now you. No, I, I'm a great speller. The weird, like I don't even have to see words before. Like I can just be like, oh, that's. A French what, word, and I'll what, figure it out. What grade did you win the spelling bee? An, all of them. I mean, like I, I'm an elite the speller. King, the king of pious? Is that what they called you? The spelling champ of pious? Well, they called me the king of pious for other reasons. Skinny. <laughs> I'll, bet did. I'll bet you they yeah. did. All right, you got a final thought that I like because you guys up before the, we got in here. This the, is incredible. Murray State and uh, Moorhead, I think it was women's, women's game. Women's. Which which now you got to hear us out before you go. Wait a minute, I'm gonna click it because you're talking women's basketball. No, no, no. Look, no. if so, they stayed past the Thomas Moore buy game talk, they'll stay for the women's that, basketball on the edge of their the seats podcast. right now. So, Rick Meyer's the only one listening. Who was it? Shout Murray. Murray. Yeah, Murray. Murray space. coming down on a fast break. Little pitch back three. Little pitches back. Girl nails a three and does the Dean Smith gives a little a little point to her teammate. Joe Schmo, idiot official, with the you know what I hate too. He's about a Big that? Ten ref though. You know what I hate about that, Joe Schmo. Yeah, yeah. The one finger T. Yeah, you're a, like you're a clown. If, yeah, if you do that, you're you a are a huge. Yeah, just give me the whole bang. Just, I like the quick. No, the, I like the quick. The one finger yeah. into the full hand. The, you're the biggest. I, there, there's words I want to say to describe this guy. That we're a family podcast, and I can't say. So some, when did that start? <laughs> we're a family podcast. That's a good point. Something my sister does that when I hate juice edits it <laughs> is whenever my sister is like around foreign words or whatever, she'll like overpronunciate like she's French or something, you know, and not just say it like a white person would yeah. normally say it. I hate when officials make their calls like they're overpronouncing them, like they're like real fine with yes. their finger yes. movements and yes. stuff. I'm acting this out. It's a it's a yeah, I know. terrible uh, Yeah, radio. it's not radio. Terrible but, but, audio but, but, the, but the one yeah. finger T. The one finger T that, you know. It's the worst. It's, it, you're, you have announced yourself as a complete asshat. Yes. With the one finger T, I would agree with that totally. And you're also, then you're also ref in OVC women's basketball, but neither here nor there. Keep going. And then he walks over, and when the coach finds out, and you have, you're familiar with this coach, yes, Rochelle Turner who was a high school coach at Murray High School, ended up being the head coach there, and I've seen her in action as a high school coach. She takes no prisoners. I'll just leave it at that. So he he when he when she finds out that her player was just teed, he says for taunting. All she literally did was pointed for half a second to her teammate and said, nice pass. So she loses her mind. Bang, bang. Nothing I hate worse than the ref that makes a terrible call, Compounded. does an ass hat one finger T, and then comes right back and bangs the coach because she's pissed off that he made a terrible call. And then, and then the third official is standing on the baseline, and she goes to her, to just, like, can you talk some sense into these clowns? And... The guy tees her up from 40 feet away at half court and tosses her. It's insane. What are you doing? I did like. You should never work on. a game again. Now, I did like the, the reaction. The next time I see that guy, <laughs> better be in the fourth grade girls league calling Kelsey's game. Look up the box. So we need to County. know who these officials were. We need to call them out by name, Rick. You have to look this up as we're doing it. I did like the girl that made the three. Later on, made another shot and literally just turned her palms up like no, she, I'm not. Like, she, like hands I'm not up. Doing, yeah, I'm not doing anything. She didn't even turn her palms. She turned no, hands up. I, Apologizing I'm, for making the shot. Yes. I I'm not even going to apologize to my teammate. How do I look up Murray State? Murray State girls. You got to find the box score. It'll be in the score. box score. Yeah, it'll be in the box score. They'll be, their, their names will be in there. How do I find a box score for a Murray State women's I'm gonna find, game? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to find it for you. I, I, yeah, to me, that's one where 
Somebody, uh, somebody else. make it worse. Give me a break. One of the other two people has to step in yes, and, go and take this clown and like and calm him down. Right. But yeah. then they say, well, I can't show up my partner, which is horse crap, yes. too. Yeah, you that, know, it's, it's like. part of the whole I, conspiracy of what they do. First off, you got to step in and say she didn't do anything. Second, when he does the one finger T, you got to tackle his ass. <laughs> so is are they trained to do the one finger T? Because I'm sure you've gotten more no, than no, one no, of no. those. No, no, no. I've seen him in high school. So you should the the best place to be in an AAU tournament is walk into the bathroom of an event that's got the the officiating clinics going on, and there will I guarantee be an official guy looking at him practicing. I was just gonna say I I'd love to know where this goes when it starts out. The best place to be is, is in, in the a bathroom men, in a men's AAU bathroom. <laughs> men's bathroom in an AAU tournament. Yeah. Have you not seen that before though? This guy's in there practicing. I have not. But Do they I, practice the punch? But I believe. Yeah. It. Oh yeah. Practice the punch. Practice the T call. <laughs> it, it's a it's ridiculous. But I mean, how many times have we seen that in college basketball? I mean, this is to the nth degree because right. what the first technical was for was just ridiculous. Right. But you call a T, and it's a bad one. You know, it's a bad one. You can't immediately get mad at that coach for being pissed off. Yeah. You just made a terrible call. A call that a lot of times can change games. Yes, own it. That's all I can say is own it. Yeah, I, I when you showed me that, I was stunned and amazed, and I thought. That, that, I mean, the that, look on the girl's face happened. when he called the tee. She just, uh, all I did was pointed and said, nice pass. Dean Smith used to make his players yes, do that. Mandatory. Of course, that was a long time ago. But A lot of coaches still make you do yeah, that. Yeah, you, do you that. should. Yes, it, it's just a little sign of, hey, thanks, man. Nice job. Or, a, let, or let the score know, assist for you yeah. know Jane over there. That, 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 it was a great, like, great team play. On the fast break, the girl could have tried driving into traffic. All right. I, I, I don't have my glasses. I, I, I have found the referees that you have to read Dang them it. off. You, you beat me to it. I was waiting for this to pop up. The PDF is still loading. It's about eighty-five percent there. Um, it was Jason Schmitz, Betty Booker Parks, and Doug Clank. It had it has to, be to be Doug. It has to be Doug Clank. It was definitely Doug Clank. That's such an awesome so, Schmo ass hat. Yeah. The so these are names. That's a one finger T yeah. name. So these are names you got to watch out for. Maybe going to an NKU women's game. Because they're in close enough proximity to probably That's get, probably, get you're probably right to work here. multiple, work multiple. Uh, work Even multiple though you games. see the same cast of characters official wise at Northern Kentucky all the time, we'll especially to, on the women's side. We'll have to alert Cameron Whitaker at tomorrow night's coaches show at Dickman's <laughs> that Doug Clank is the guy to watch out for. We, we don't even know if it's Doug Clank. But it's it has Doug to be Clank. Doug. I, I definitely am more not Betty Bookmaker or whatever no. her name is. Yeah, Betty Booker Parks <laughs> is not her. But Jason Schmidt seems like a fairly cool guy. I think not Jason's, the best official. Jason's good. He's, I think he's the best in the league. I've always he's thought he's the best. I was going to say that name's familiar. He's reasonable. <laughs> Doug Clank, though. There's no way. I have know no problem slandering this man. And if you know the officials' names, that's bad. And, and we know a lot know of officials' names. And we know now Doug Clank is one of them. Yeah. Doug or Jason is one of them. We feel, we feel pretty good Doug Clank is the guy. Yeah. I'd also like to say this podcast doesn't get enough credit for how diverse we are. No question. That was the most we passionate went. women's <laughs> Division One basketball take on any internet content that you will find on all year, he's got sweat rolling down podcast. his face right now as a result of this. He got sweat rings. He's he's working up a sweater. We learned here, something. We think we know a lot about basketball, right? We do. We think we do. We Buy games at the NAIA we, level. We, we found that out. We never knew. Who knew? Buy games. A thousand buckaroos. You are welcome. Oh no! Yeah, thank you for that. That's awesome. Could we buy a game? Maybe. 
Maybe. Like, Without- what if we just brought UNOH to come play at Local 12 in the parking lot while yeah. we do the podcast? I think we can raise a thousand bucks and ten pizzas. I think we can do Easily. it. Easily. Let's get well, a sponsor. Sponsor, Someone needs a sponsor. Yeah, you've got a sales staff If here. we can get UNOH after the season's over to come here for a thousand bucks, I think we should do it. UNOH versus Moeller. How about we How about we do that? All right. We'll hit up um, our, our buddy in the sales department. Yep. And get that going. Ralph Meyer, you get this done. Thank you. All right. Very well done. Boys, I appreciate it as always. We'll be back next Sunday night with another college basketball podcast. Teeing them up one finger at a time. For Brady Labor, the NKU TV Excuse Network. Excuse me? Yes, indeed. This is a family <laughs> podcast. For I Rick Brewing, a Musketeer Report, and the NKU Radio Network at Chad Brennan, BearcatJournal.com. I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. The Skinny Podcast, the College Basketball Edition.